Welcome to the next episode of The Powder Room. Welcome, welcome. This episode is all about the action movie Black Adam. This is a comic book movie, and I am going to be very honest straight up. I wanted to do this because I thought it would be a fun episode in the sense that I am truly a fan of comic book movies. I love them. I think there's a lot of elements of comic book movies that touch a certain inner primordial part of us as humans. This idea of sure. there being superheroes and these special abilities. And yes, they're meant for kids, but why are they? Are I mean, they I don't the, think why, they're necessarily can, meant for kids. Why but. can't that? That's why I pay money to go to the movies is to feel young and excited about yeah. saving the world again. I could stay home and not spend any money and watch people kill each other on the news for no goddamn reason. You know what I mean? Like, so this is why I'm going to the movies. At the same time, though, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me, but you have expressed on more than one occasion that. You don't like superhero movies and you don't watch superhero movies to the point where you thought when you used this term called the blip once and me and a coworker had to inform you that the blip was something that happened after the first Infinity Wars movie and it was a huge part of the Marvel world where everybody disappeared for five years and you looked so shocked. I was <laughs> shook, folks, because I had no idea. What you you had no idea what was going on. So I thought this would be a really fun movie for us to watch and review because you're, I just can't wait. I can't wait to hear. And I've got actually some, uh, what is it called when they enter things into evidence? Oh, um, an exhibit. I have exhibits, (laughs) exhibits for you. I have exhibit A and exhibit B. Okay, great. I can't wait to talk. First of all, you know, you're a full fledged adult when you have your own printer, but oh, was that printed at the office? Yeah. (laughs) Straight up. Executive printer room. I got access to it, baby. Yeah, you did. (laughs) This movie made about $393 million, which you would think would be a hit. It's This is a flop. They also spent about $300 million on this movie, so their profit was around 93, which is just not not enough. Their budget was... Yeah, they spent about $300 million. So they... Oh, my God. So $93 million. I think about $80 million was for advertising, so whatever, but... Um, Still, yeah. 220. Oh, she did the math. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, econ degree. <laughs> Where am I going with this? I don't know. But for some reason, you hate joy. <laughs> it's interesting. My parents are huge comic book fans, oh. and they love these superhero films. They've seen every single one in the theaters, all the Thors, like, Every single one you could imagine, and my family makes fun of me. They said, oh, you think you're too good for these. And that's not that. It's just um, I... You even owned Movie Pass. I did, but you know what? That year I watched every single film that was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> you are. You pretentious. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You're so yeah. annoying. You could walk down the hall and just see a Thor. <laughs> yeah, I could. But I just... You know what it was? I just was not interested in... All of the explosions. It was hard for me to always follow what was happening in the explosions. And I just, I didn't care enough about the characters. I think there's a little assuming, more so than not, that audiences are more familiar with these characters than they are. That's a brilliant point you make. Because even I was very lost. 
we get a voiceover from a very young actor, Bodhi Sabangul, and he's playing Amon Tomas, but we'll just call him Bodhi. And he's taking us back to the days before the pyramids. We're in yeah, they were like, before the pyramids, before Rome. Before, and I was like, well, Rome's pretty. I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, he did a good little job in that room doing some voiceover. It's not his fault the script was terrible. <laughs> You're right. Like, before Rome, before the pyramids, there was Kadok. <laughs> in the actual comic book, this is based in Egypt, but I think they just felt like they needed to create Kandak because of geopolitical reasons. We get our text on screen. I actually don't mind this. We need we, it. We need it. No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a made-up place. It right. doesn't exist. This is this world building they're yeah. trying to really do fast. And it's 2600 BCE. <sighs> they were the first self-governing people on Earth, and they thrived. But then Acton came to power. This whole opening sequence that they do, it looked like an opening sequence for a really well-made video game, (gasps) but not a movie. No, honestly, this was some of the worst CGI I have Uh, ever seen. It made no sense too, because I don't know why they needed to have CGI because it did look like they had real actors pretending to You could to tell mind. it was a set, first of all. It looked like they had put a filter on it or something, but then added, it It looked like a, video, a really well-made video game. Yep. It was bizarre. We have to forge the crown of Sabak. We have to find Eternium, not to be confused with Marvel's Vibratium. <laughs> and Eternium is this blue rock that Acton needs in order to forge this crown of Sabak. He enslaves his own people and forces them to mine for this rock. There's an older man. He finds a large chunk, and he's excited, and everybody around him, all his countrymen, start mobbing him because they want the reward. The idea being that act on and enslaving his own people, that just society is crumbling and falling apart. They used to be self-governed. Now they're turning on each other, and they're just... Every man for himself. Every man for... Thank you. That's beautiful. So this young kid comes up and he says, no, don't turn on each other. (laughs) He goes, no, this is wrong. We should want peace for one another. And I'm like, this is when the script, I was like, what (laughs) kind of bullshit is this? So the older man and the young kid go up to this soldier and the soldier takes the rock and the old man says, I want my reward. And the soldier's like, okay. And puts, <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what it is. He's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> no, but I will say in this moment, as soon as he was like, you want your reward? He goes, yeah. And he brings him over to the cliff. I looked over to my roommate because she was also watching it with me. And I go, he's going to push him off. <laughs> <laughs> this kid, Bodhi's voiceover says, we need a champion, we need a hero. And then this, while the kid is on screen. So we're meant to believe that this kid is going to be this champion. I immediately thought this was the young rock. I was saying that the entire time because I do make a comment about there's a lot of young adolescent boys in this for no <laughs> apparent reason. And each one, each one time someone appears on screen, you're like, is this the young rock? Is this the young rock? Because the rock doesn't show up for 20 minutes. Right. All of a sudden, this guy, we don't really get a good look at him. 
And he comes up and he goes, oh, please, just my son is a fucking idiot. Don't worry about him. <laughs> and he takes his son away and he basically tells his son to shut up and put up and don't get yourself killed. Yep. This man, we hear him speaking in a different language. He's a built guy for a normal built guy, but he's certainly not yeah. built built. like he's. But he's covered in mud and dust and we don't really see him. Remember that, my dear <laughs> listeners. Remember that. Because that's going to be, to me, humbly, the biggest mistake of this film. The kid doesn't listen to his father, though. No, and why would instead, he? he tries to rally all of the miners. We cut to the kid, and the King Acton is trying to behead this kid. But right before the blade falls, the kid... And we know that our wizards have taken him to their special shrine, where they are going to enact the power of Shazam. Shazam. I first want to ask you, tell me, what did you think was going on? (laughs) I will say, so when the Shazam happened, my Ruben and I look at each other and we just both say, this is the worst film we've ever seen. (laughs) 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 Like it couldn't be worse. Mm -hmm. And we have no idea who the fuck anybody is. Mm -hmm. We do not give a fuck about anyone. And it is really hard to follow. We're like all of a sudden in this underground world and there's more voiceover and we're like, what the fuck is this? Okay. So that's where we were. I have no doubt because even I in my love of comics was a little confused because I'm just not, uh, Shazam was never one of my top Well, yeah, it's like, all right, guys, come on. I mean, this is not a, this is not a Spider-Man. This is not a Batman where everyone, where it's more of a universal knowledge. Yeah. They do have that those two Shazam movies that recently came out, but I didn't watch them. No. So it's it's not super out of pocket to have Shazam, but you would think there would be a little bit of explanation. But fun facts coming at you. We have a comic book reading room at my work, and I found uh, a book that was the anthology for Shazam. Mm. Shazam started in 1939. <gasps> so what is that? The Great Depression, but we're not in... Or, yeah, it's, it's or, sort of the... T- it's World War II. Wiz Comics comes out with this superhero, Shazam. I printed it out. I'm going to show you, Juliet. But they came out with this idea called Captain Marvel. This is actually before the two companies, you know, this whole, there's a whole big history about whatever, whatever. But the idea is that Shazam was called Captain Marvel until blah, blah, blah. Lawyers got involved and things, you know. Understood. So what we have here is the Lawyers, don't you just love them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this little orphan boy is selling newspapers, and this man that looks like a future child molester or a current child molester with a hat Ter- on, terrifying, comes up, terrifying, and he says, "Follow me into the subway." Oh my god! So effing frightening. Little boy follows him. This is where, of course, it's a different time. I'm Not- sorry, but you're waiting to be molested at this y- point. Y- yes. We go down to the subway, and it's actually a secret subway. And this little That's boy cool. going to come down, and he comes across in the subway the seven deadly enemies of man. There's pride, envy, hatred, selfishness. You, you get the seven deadly sins. Here we are up here. He then comes upon this man. And I just want to say in today's world, in today's comics, there would never, I just, it would be really difficult for me to believe that they would ever allow a young child to follow a creepy man in a hat. No, it would, a, be, it would be, you know, <laughs> like a father and son or right, it would right. be something else. I heard in the movies that he ran down to the subway because he was being chased by bullies, in the, oh, uh, which is okay. a way better. Way better. Way, way better. better. 
He talks to this man and this man tells him that he is Shazam and he it's time for him to chuck his mortal coil and he's choosing this kid to be the next Shazam. Shazam stands for Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. The gods, they all kind of represent something. Yes. But when you say it together and it makes Shazam... He becomes powerful. And not only does he become powerful when he says the next word, but he turns into, this little boy, turns into, boom, this big, strong guy. So then when he says it again, he turns back into the little boy paper boy. And so now we've started our journey. You see how it works. You see how it works. All of that is what happened to that, the little baby rock, or what we assume is baby rock, to these six magical wizards. He has shown great fearlessness and character and all of these things. And the wizards want to make him the next Shazam. So okay. then, but that's a lot. And we're already at two minutes. Maybe we needed a little bit more of this to figure yeah, out what was going on. I got to be honest with you. I, yeah, I was mad confused, but yes. There's a reason you were mad confused is because it is insanely confusing. could have been slightly fixed by having one of the wizards say... Now that we've given you these great powers, say the word Shazam and you will become big and strong. Say the word Shazam again and you will go back, you know, or something. First of all, just explain to us how the powers work, right? Because then we can, as an audience, then we can throughout the course of the film be like, oh my God, is he going to say it now? He should probably yeah, say it exactly. now. Oh my God, is someone going to say it? Someone needs to say it, you know? And it can kind of be like this fun guessing game for the audience mm-hmm. but I, I i don't even know yeah yeah i was also confused even though i kind of remembered shazam stands for things and the idea is he gets bigger and then he gets small like i knew that but i couldn't imagine how confused you must have been because you don't you know watch these things it's not your it would be so confusing yes so that's why after they all give him the power of shazam all of a sudden that little baby rock now turns into our WWE world champion. The, the um, rock we all know. The rock we all know. And he's walking down and he comes up to this Acton King. There's a huge battle. The king has, we, we don't see it, but we go far away and the rock is all destroyed and it's a huge battle. We're now in present day Kondok and it's occupied by foreign invaders. We are with a ragtag team. They're trying to get past a checkpoint guarded by a strongly accented Australian. Yeah. I was like, all right. So they're in this world that kind of resembles that of the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And yet, and I just found it bizarre that the the governing people that have taken over have Australian accents. <laughs> We've got our comedic relief, Muhammad Amar. I've got to say he was... He, he, it was funny. He kind of relieved me comedically. I, yeah, I guess. It's fine. And his dangerous about to draw his gun, Marwan Kanzari, who I think he's just, I, I kind of, I think he's a good actor. So Bodhi skateboards up and he gets into it with the Aussie and the Aussie's like, oh, kids. And he lets our <laughs> ragtag team. And immediately I was like, the kid is like with them. Oh, you, I actually was kind of like, okay. I, didn't I was know. like, there, it's gotta be. And well, aren't you smart? <laughs> I didn't know. But, you know, this kid is so annoying. The Aussie's like, fine, go through, thank God, because the movie would not have he been He has able to be to the decoy. Come yeah, on. The come decoy. On. And they go through this checkpoint. Sarah Shahi appears. Uh, the only real female of this film. It was interesting. 
They, there so, they were trying to make her so... Um, important without actually being important. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. So she has actually been hiding in the van the whole time. And also, can I just say, this girl has got the greatest kind of natural wavy hair. Like whoever was doing her hair for the film, <laughs> I just loved that look. It was like breezy. Is she like? It was like effortless, yeah. but like glam. California girl. But there were some yeah. highlights. I was like, okay, like I love this girl's <laughs> hair. I could get that. I could get behind this character. <laughs> She's got some great hair. No, but she right. I mean, I just love that kind of beachy, no fuss, no muss. But of course, she probably sat in the chair for two hours getting her hair done anyway. But you know. And Bodhi skates up. We quickly learn he's Sarah's son. She wants him to go home, and soon we're heading up to a mountain. Now I think you you know me. You, I've talked to you about things. I love a fucking tomb. If there's a movie <laughs> with a tomb in it, get out of my fucking way. I, I am there. I love, mm, I love a tomb. I love, God, you love a theme and you love a tomb. I love I a mean, theme and I love a tomb. I, I, I don't care what it is. It, National Treasure, the mummy movies. If we're going down into some area where there's going to be a puzzle up, uh, Indiana Jones. I don't care. I am there. I love a tomb. And literally, the group just kind of walks in. Yeah, no, here's the thing. There's no... They just walk up this... You like They do an aerial shot, and you see the three walk up. Yeah. And then they are all of a sudden... There's no struggle. They all of a sudden just are there. It's in so the tomb. easy to get into this. Uh, or we don't know it's a tomb yet, but it's so easy to get into... It's like they've been there a million times. Yeah. And they just hang out there. She like reads some stuff on a wall and is like, yep, this is it. So my whole thing is, so when they go into this tomb, mind you, I don't know jack shit, but my assumption, the way that she's talking, I was like, is she related to The Rock's character, right? Like that. Oh, that would have been so cool. So, cause I was like, how else does she know all this? Cause she had the thing around her neck, like that stone. Oh my God. I didn't even, that would have been so cool. So the whole time I was like, oh man, it's going to come out that she's related. That's why she knows like where this tomb is. That's why like they're trying to get the crown. Cause she knows that this thing exists because it's been like this family story that's been told because th- there's some reference to her necklace, and she goes, oh, it's just a family heirloom, you know? And I was like, oh, is she hiding something? Like, she knows something. And then we never talk about the necklace again. Never again. Never <laughs> again. <laughs> How dare you even bring it up? God, I was an emotional wreck because the entire time I'm like, she's got to be more important, right? She's got to be more important. But she's not. But she's not. One of the things that I kind of gathered was that she had been doing a lot of research yeah. on this, and this is how she found this. And so Marwan, he asks, he asks her, who gets to keep the crown? And she goes, no one. It's too dangerous. And this is where the first, forget about the whole beginning. Forget about all of that. We don't know what Shazam is. It looks like a video game. Forget about all this. <clears throat> this is the first big glaring issue to me. Tell me if you picked up on it. If it's so dangerous and it's been hidden for 5,000 years in this mountain. Then why the fuck are we moving it? Then why? <coughs> Leave it alone. <coughs> if anything. But this is why then I thought she was connected to it in some way because I was like, there's no other reason why anyone would just bother this. See, I think you were your pure heart. <coughs> you wanted to believe. You wanted to believe that there was something. Let's, let's do this. In my writing class, my teacher does this thing where he goes, if you can't figure out a way of giving someone a note, go like this. Bad example. 
And then you give a really bad example, but maybe in that bad example, the person listening will go, I see the problem and I see how I need to fix it. I'm not going to fix it that way, but I get that there's an issue, right? So bad example is she's doing research on how to find the crown so that she can destroy the research. Because she doesn't, it's been in this mountain for 5,000 years. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it that way. You know, let's just, just... Keep it that way. So I'm going to do all of this research and my whole life is spent doing, trying to find these things so that I can get in there at night and destroy it in the museum or change it, or, you know, so that it stays where it is. Because that's the easiest. Or, or it's, hey, we need this because we need to erect whatever power it be to help get us out of this uh, that's another, that's another, and that's actually not a bad example. That's, that makes perfect sense. She wants the crown because she wants to give it to a champion or, you know. So that they can get rid of these Australians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of eating shrimp on the Barbie every night. <laughs> it's torture. <laughs> it's torture. Oh God. They keep calling us mate. I'm not your mate. <laughs> oh. I'm so sick of that crocodile hunter. <laughs> I don't want to be Australian anymore. I'm a conduct woman. <laughs> don't force it on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, but the, the, the whatever bad example you could give, this is not it. <laughs> I think I, I messaged you at one point. And I go, what is the purpose? Mm-hmm. What is the motive mm-hmm. for any of this? It just, it seemed like there was a lot of action for no reason and people doing things just for the sake of a shock factor. But it, the, the shock factor didn't work because you don't, there's no reason for their behavior. One of the guys says to her, you're 100% sure we should move this. And she says, we don't have a choice. <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What do you mean actually why? I'm with him? Because I don't know why we need to move this. Everything's been fine. Well, not fine. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like... But there's no explanation as to why... Nothing's fine because we are... Uh, they need this. The Aussies are... Uh, but like, there's no reason no. why they need the crown. No. It, it's not been voiced up to this point. It would have been great if while they're treaching through, one of them complains about, God, this really sucks. I can't believe we're in this cave and like, yeah. hate this. And she's like, we have to do it because we, we have to fight for our freedom. If we get this crown, we can give it to uh, someone that... It might awaken the champion yeah, who will save yeah, us. Yeah. But there was none of that like camaraderie, like, you know, to, to bring people together and to get this You know what crown? she did say? She said, we might have to take it out of the country. <laughs> right. And I was like, so wait, a lot of good that's going to do. <laughs> but yeah. like, why? It's literally, you know, this is the phrase that we always use. It This whole movie felt like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> because there was no point to any of it. God, it was bizarre. Oh, well, and I just, okay, so continue, but... She ends up getting the crown. Yeah. Poor Samir is dead. <laughs> Ishmael goes down too. <laughs> so while she's getting the crown, there is the guy in the van. out. Her know, brother, Muhammad. Muhammad is out. That, yes. Yeah, I thought it was, again, I'm going to bring it up. I thought he, did, he was the comic relief. Well, and, the, you always got to have that. And I yeah. mentioned that to my roommate. I was like, well, he's going to be the one with the funny lines and yeah. no character development. But I... He had more than <laughs> he had more character development than The Rock, but we'll get into that when we'll we get, get to that. it. But outside, there are some random troops that just appear. Yeah, right. Uh, because they're kind of going back and forth between outside mm-hmm. the tomb and inside. The Aussies appear, and literally, this is where I say the dialogue is zero or one out of ten. He, they go, "Hold it right there." <laughs> <laughs> 
Can yeah. you do it? Can you do it in Australian accent? <laughs> no, I can't do Australian. Shrimp on the Bobby. Hold, hold right, the Barbie shrimp. No, I and he goes, it. you're not going anywhere. And then it cuts to inside the tomb. And it's like, you have five seconds to save your brother. He goes, five, four, <laughs> three, two. And then somehow he's saved. And then we cut to him and he goes, one. And I'm like, do we need to get to the one? Because like, he was you already saved. You know who else said that? <laughs> Muhammad. He was like, did we let it get to one? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there's this whole fight that goes on down there. And when everyone kind of disperse, uh, we're left with like the last men standing, the Australians, plus the guy that we ter- turns out to be evil. Marwan. The Wait, cr- he turns out to be evil? Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> sorry. You? We're not there yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. But there's this line and they go, the crown wasn't the only thing waiting for us down here. <laughs> I, I know. pretty much died. <laughs> I was like, who wrote this? 18-year-olds? Mm-hmm. At this point in the film, I started to realize, wow, it's been about 15... 20 minutes. 20 minutes, and, and we haven't seen The Rock yet. Again, up until this point, we've only heard Shazam. Who is Black Adam then if this other thing is Shazam? Mm. Because my whole thing was, I was like, oh, well, this god or whatever this champion there's a lot of names being thrown up by the way oh yeah Um, so many names so many things so many objects i completely forgot about the necklace and yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know where black adam comes into this but anyway she falls down on her knees and the aussie very politely asks her do you have any last words and she is able to read the inscription on the ground where she basically says something something shazam and this is where I thought, oh, she must be related, right? Because, again, how was she able to awaken something? I wonder if your brain, because you're a smart girl, and I wonder if your brain was like, well, I got to make this better. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, your brain is like, no, this is so boring. Don't worry, I got this. I'm going to cook something up here. <laughs> and it's like, well, she's just- related, and uh, don't worry, this is... <laughs> This is is all going to work out just fine. Also, uh, listen, there's a concerto I'm going to play in this year just to kind (laughs) of... Lighten the mood. Yeah. I've got some (laughs) Edgar Allan Poe here I'm going to read to you as well just to kind of spice it up. (laughs) Just, you know, you have to watch this. You have to do this. You're doing the podcast tomorrow with Yvette. So we're going to get through this and I'm going to create things to make this better for you. Well, because for me, it was like, all right, I got to keep myself... I don't know, on edge myself because the (laughs) film wasn't. But I was like, I need questions answered. And these were my questions. (laughs) It's just like, don't worry. This is better. (laughs) I'm just sitting there going, huh? (laughs) We need to get to the bottom of why they hired this actress and, you know, why is she so important to the film? Oh, remember the necklace, the necklace, the necklace. It will all come, it'll all come together at the very end and we'll all be emotional wrecks over it because something tragic is going to happen where she's going to die and something will be revealed at the end. Meanwhile, in my brain, I'm like, cookies, 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 (laughs) bananas and ponies. Kittens are cute and stuff like that. I'm watching a movie. Which I I wish. (laughs) And so finally, The Rock appears. Mm -hmm. A little bit of our continuing installment of Getting to Know Yvette. I really do like the WWE. I've been to some pay-per-views. I've been to a couple. Yeah. I love The Rock, and I think he's a really great physical actor. It's a lot of fun, especially for the younger kids. When I was a nanny, I remember there was John Cena. 
that's yes. of course just beloved by children. And I was a nanny, and there's a little boy that I was nannying at the time, and he dearly loved John Cena. And there was these three very bad boys, and they were called the Shield. And God, these men were good looking. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Shield would come out, and their music would play, and they would beat up whoever was in the ring. And the Shield, apparently, I was down doing some dishes, and he was up watching Monday Night Raw, and. All of a sudden, it was like, it was like as if, like, I can't, he, he comes running down, and he's like, Yvette, 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 the shield, the shield, they're, they're, they're coming to beat up John Cena. And it was like, you know, forget the China woman, we need to go. <laughs> you know, the armies are coming. They're like, back it up, like, you know, like, put the sponge down. <laughs> yeah. Hurry, we gotta get out of here. The invading army is The coming. world is ending. Yeah. And he, so, he didn't realize it was sports entertainment at that. Right, you know. right. It was and very he, real. Very real to him. And I ran up with him, and I was like, because I wanted to sh- see the shield, because those men were so good looking, and I, I'm a little thirsty. And I was like, oh, the shield's coming out, huh? And so I ran up, and <laughs> I love it. No, I'm not even joking. And he was like, you know, just like, oh my God. And they they did their special power move on John Cena. And he was just like, oh. oh." And then later, one of the announcers, because you know the announcers are part of it. one of the announcers like, well, the shield's going to have to live with what they did to John Cena. And the little boy I was nannying looked up at me and said, they will. (laughs) (laughs) He's already a better writer. (laughs) The reason I say all that is because I genuinely really like The Rock. And I genuinely think he is an amazing physical actor and voice actor. He has that great catchphrase where he comes out and he yells, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? You know, of course. Yeah. But he gets the crowd going. He's a gorgeous man, too. Don't get me wrong. Totally. A gorgeous man. Really, really charismatic. I, let's. He's always been very vocal about his lovely wife and his happy family. But if he was single, I would have sex with him. (laughs) I would say no. And I would also let him take me out to a nice steak dinner beforehand. (laughs) And um, I'm screaming. it (laughs) It would just be amazing. So, but. With that said, so he shows up, and I know I'm excited when he shows up. No matter how bad everything's been so far, I am excited. I'm like, finally. No, I mean, it's 25 minutes in, though, at this point. But you know what? I'm ready to go. And I know how good this man is without CGI, without ropes, without a second take, without a third take, without training beforehand. Well, I mean, he's always done training. Yes. But with um, the intense amount of training with the choreography, the fight Yes, it's very natural. Uh, And he he has done this stuff live for many years without any of that. And so I'm like, what's going to happen? What did I just watch? He kind of throws people around. He doesn't do any. First of all, none of the action sequences were realistic in any capacity. At least in Marvel and things, the explosions look real. It really does look like someone is holding on to someone else and throwing them. Yeah. These, I mean, that's your competition. And here's the thing there's a moment, you know, later in the film where he just chucks somebody and you just see him go to throw the person and then they cut to a shot where the body is just being flown over the city. And I'm like, what is that? I know how good he is. Yep. So why don't the people who are paying him millions of dollars know that? It looks like he almost came in after the fact. Like they shot the film with a different (sighs) actor 
And then they were like, all right, we need The Rock's face. I'm, and they just put his face on. Yeah, that would explain. I'm not saying he needs to start doing kung fu. That's never been him. No. But he barely throws a punch in this film. He, he's something. not even emotional and, in any capacity. He has no expression on his face whatsoever, which is fine if you want to be like this stoic kind of superhero, but that's not what we're paying to see The Rock. And as. I'm not saying he should be doing wrestling moves, no. but he's... I it would make sense and there's also this thing and this is where I have my exhibit B for you Mm -hmm. I felt claustrophobic like he wasn't like the rock himself wasn't really allowed to move like not not claustrophobic like the room is small but like Mm -hmm. there was something like as if not he wasn't wearing a corset it felt like he was wearing a corset yeah. And so I was like, wait a second, I have to look this up because it was so bizarre to me because <laughs> I'm not like the other girls. I like the WWE. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, but I like fight sequences. Yes. We've talked about, I, I want to see The Rock. I wasn't expecting him to jump off a rope, but I was expecting him to do some moves with some, uh, Yep. Uh, you know. So I went online and throughout the rest of this film, all of these action sequences, most of them we don't need to go into. He looks like he's trapped in something because he's barely moving and he's an amazing physical actor. Yep. So it's it's kind of intentional, right? It's, and this is where I have exhibit B. This is behind the scenes. Whenever he's flying around, it feels like his legs... It's Everything is stuck in place and everything. it's just lifting him up and there's no other movement. That's because he literally is stuck on this very strange, and I, I'm going to show it to you. This, so you know how he always seemed to have his like legs, like his his toes kind of pointed one foot a little higher, and it felt like he was just... It looked very fake. It, very fake, with especially since I didn't think the DC's Superman looked this bad. He was stuck in this device. And this is why I, he couldn't move. He could move his Wait. arms, he could move his head. Wait, Here's what? one scene, and then on the back I have a picture of another behind the scene. So you can see, because it was just so bizarre to me, because I am on the rock side. But why Why do they need that contraption? I don't know why they do. Why didn't they just put him on, unless, is he like too heavy for... No, they have cranes. No. He's the, but why the, are they putting him on this thing? I don't know. And Thor flies... And he's, now I can see for this scene because you have a photo here that you that you you know printed out. There's a scene. This is you know right when he meets the young boy and he's going down. And he's going the, down the stairs. The stairs, but like through the center of the staircase, yes. right? And the kid is going down the stairs because and they're doing some character can. building that's stupid, but it's super stupid. But he's going down, and I understand. You know, you want to keep him in one spot. It's good for the camera to go down with him. Very easy. Sure, but I mean. If this is what you're going to use, though, for the rest of the film, for him to fly, it's going to look so unnatural. It, no wonder he couldn't move and Yeah, groove. he probably couldn't even move his upper body that much because of balance. you got to stay on that thing. And now, granted, he's trapped in it, but it, if you, dear listener, were to see this film, and if you, like me, like The Rock, and like fight choreography, like you know, yeah. movement and physical movement and uh, appreciate this guy gets up at what, three in the morning and works out, works out twice a He's day. He's a gorgeous man. I want to let see him, him show it off. Yeah. I, you know, but he is stuck. They're obsessed with this weird thing. And that was a bummer. 
Well, you know, and they pay a lot of attention to his feet for some reason in this film. Yeah. And because there's a point at the end of the film where he like touches down and his feet, it looks like he's jumping off something or like stepping off something. Because he is. Because he is. Yeah. And I was like, huh. But like, obviously you can't see it because it's CGI'd out. So you just see his feet awkwardly touch down to this ground. And I was like, wow, this is a struggle. And he's floating a lot in this film. And it's an awkward floating where he's just kind of in the air. And there's no movement to him. Like there's no, you know, because he doesn't have a cape or anything. So it literally, he just looks like a stone. But mm-hmm. his feet are very parallel, whereas if you were floating, they wouldn't necessarily be it's, it flat. It looks awful, and it sets the tone for all of the fight yep. scenes. There totally. is no punching. There is, And also, he's so powerful. It's like, where do we go from here? He's so powerful. The Aussies keep firing bullets at him. He's bulletproof. Either get away or try bigger bullets, you know? Right. Like, I was like, first of all, you, you try five bullets, and you see it's not doing anything? Mm-hmm. Stop. You're just wasting your own... I, I never understood that, but whatever. The Eternium, this DC's special rock Eternium, is able to take him down. He has crash-landed, and our girl Sarah and her brother Muhammad are tasked with taking him home. We don't see that, but that's what happens. And then we get to see Viola Davis. Yeah. Um, here's so fun. She's in this film, never... No. In person, but she's on a screen. It's not even a clear screen. No, nope. she is by far the best part of this film. I will say it. Uh, first of all, it's always a great time when Viola Davis appears on screen, and I had no idea that she was in this. So she is Amanda Waller, and she's kind of like the one that's in charge, overseeing overseeing everything. Yes, and so she's very similar to Agent Coulson from Marvel. She's kind of yes. his answer, where she's in all the different movies. We see her a lot, giving orders, things like that. Fun fact. None of this in the DC universe matters anymore because it's all going to be overhauled by the new guys that are coming in. Yep. Except these two new guys coming in are smart enough to know Viola Davis as Amanda Waller is so fucking awesome that she is slated to get her own show. They were like, mm, yeah, let's not leave out Viola let's, Davis. Let's because- not break what isn't broken. You know, right. like she is so good. So after we get the privilege of seeing Viola Davis. We're then in a completely new movie. I, I honestly, it was so jarring because I was like, wait, what are these different pieces coming out of nowhere? And I will just say, the guy that Viola Davis is talking to when she appears on the screen for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, it's this big room with a bunch of monitors on it. So it looks very important. And she's talking to this guy and he doesn't look like he works for the government or anything. Oh, his name is Aldous Hodge. He looked like he was wearing like a Versace suit. Yeah, and I, it's not his fault he looks good in a suit. No, it's not. But I thought, <laughs> but I was very much like, what film am I watching? It's a completely different film. I was like, is he, if he's working for a government agency, this doesn't take place in like the far future, right? Because we're in the present. Yeah. And I'm like, who would show up at a, his government agency job wearing a Versace suit? You know? <laughs> well, Hawkman would. That's Obviously, the answer Hawkman to that. <laughs> And I will say, I had no idea who any of these characters are. Well, he's putting together a team of superheroes to capture Black Adam. And in return, Viola Davis promises she will make a prison cell strong enough to hold the rock. So the team, Pierce Brosnan with God-level powers and a magic golden helmet. A young, book-smart girl named Cyclone, Quintessa Swindle, who has wind manipulation powers. And then Adam Smasher, Noah Centineo. He inherited his uncle's powers. 
Who is his uncle? Henry Winkler, a.k.a. the Fonz. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, First of all, I wish I had that introduction before going into this film. No, because I took a little time to write it. Couldn't <laughs> tell I was reading <laughs> Because these people appear, and I'm like, why are there all these random-ass teenagers in this film? And, and then... And they're having conversations with each other as if I'm supposed to have already known them. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, but there was no world building for this group. At all. At all. These are random people coming in 40, 45 minutes into the film. I have no idea who the fuck any of them are. I don't care about any of them. And then we eventually see like their suits or whatever. And I got to tell you, I thought this was a, uh, first of all, Pierce Brosnahan right away. I was like, Oh, he looks like a cheap version of Dr. Strange. Mm -hmm. I was like the boy that plays the Adam smash, whatever. He's, he's like the counterpart to Ant-Man because Ant-Man gets big and Marvel, whatever. I mean, you don't, yeah. Oh God, it's getting more awful. as (laughs) uh, This is worse than I thought, folks. God, this really is a ripoff of version of Avengers. Yeah, or at yeah. least okay. Here's the thing: if you're gonna if you're gonna do this film, do it right. Establish some proper world building. Introduce these characters in a meaningful way. These characters are thrown in with no context. It was just we gotta get a team together. Mm-hmm. Well, can we get some backstory on the team? What is this justice society? I'm like, wow, this is some. So I completely agree with you and your frustrations with this because 25 minutes into the film, we've only seen The Rock for eight minutes. I actually (laughs) timed it, went back and timed it. When we finally appears in present day, Mm -hmm. that's an eight minute scene with The Rock until we get to this. And so we're now 25 minutes into this film. In screenwriting structure, usually around this time is when we would get some hardcore character development. In Thor, the first Thor movie, they go to a cafe and Thor orders food and they have a character building scene. We get to kind of know this character. It doesn't have to be every movie. You know, if you break the rules, at least know the rules so that you can break it properly. So if you don't want to have character building 25 minutes into the film, you have it elsewhere. But, you know, the idea being all of a sudden we're in a different film and I didn't understand why they wouldn't want to, why, why aren't we getting to know the champion? Why aren't we getting to know the rock, you know, black Adam? Why why are we spending all this attention on this justice society group that it makes, it will make sense later. Because we're not allowed to get to know The Rock. We're not allowed to get to know him because of their bullshit twist that they're obsessed about. But this team, we're told they're the Justice Society and their flying ship is indestructible. So we know it's going to go boom. And Adam and Cyclone are already flirting. It's like the unsinkable ship. (laughs) And then, you know, so we're off to a great start. Also, was there ever a moment when Hawkman is putting together this team where I was like, this isn't going to take down anything? No, I just I I just thought it was comical. It was weird. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming. So Bodhi, Sarah's son, of course, is catching the rock up on the past 5,000 years because the rock wakes up in Bodhi's room. They've taken him. Yes. Uh, how were they able to lift this man? I have no idea. But the rock basically wakes up, and instead of Sarah saying, hey, you've been asleep for 5,000 years, are you hungry, and us sitting down and... Having a chat with them. Getting 
getting to know he him. He has to go because we can't get to know him. We can't, or else it'll ruin their stupid thing. But that's where I think they made a mistake. Oh, it was a huge mistake. It was because a huge mistake. I, I want us, as the audience, yeah. to be so attached to The Rock being who he is, mm-hmm. a champion, that when the twist comes... It knocks you off your chair yeah. because you're like, whoa, I was not prepared for that. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Because then it makes you think, wait, so when that happened in the film, like, yeah. this was really what was going on. You know what I mean? Like, it just, but because I don't care about The Rock Mm-mm. at all, um, I, I really don't care whenever he comes on screen. Yeah. The movie is obsessed with not letting us get to know The Rock, so he has to keep floating stagnantly about and the Australians are harassing Sarah, and so he he fights them. It's a massacre. The Australians keep firing on this guy. Uh, the Justice League shows up, which basically at the, by this point means two horny teenagers, a, a card-carrying member of the AARP, and a grown-ass man leaning hard into the hawk theme. <laughs> God. <laughs> We're talking cosplaying Golden Hawk outfit. What they want is for The Rock to say the phrase Shazam!, so strange, because why would he ever want to go back to his tomb? A cyclone, a lovely young actress. I wish the best for her, but she's so pointless. It looks like she's doing that Cirque du Soleil oh, I, this is where this is where the film completely lost me, because the CGI was so bad for her. Was I was so like, bad. that really was atrocious. <laughs> she's kind And of- I feel bad, because she looks great, mm-hmm, and yeah. she, she did what she was supposed to do, but the CGI did her no favors. Yeah. They uh, also can we just comment on the accents in this film real quick? Because at this point, we've seen our teenage friend of The Rock, right? He can't keep the accent together and he keeps going in and out of it, and it's majorly distracting uh, because he'll go. I, I presume he's American, but I don't know. But he's trying to do this Middle Eastern accent. Throughout the course of the film, but there are so many times when he comes out of it, and I just think, why? You know what? You see that the kid can't do it. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's not fine. a real. You could say his Kondok could be anywhere. Yeah, and also you could just be like, his dad is not from here. I don't know. Like maybe that's an explanation as why he doesn't sound like the the natives. But it just that was something that was distracting to me. And I also clocked at this that we still don't really know who his mother is. <laughs> Again, like we're halfway through the film and still there's no development for her either. Like we're just letting this female character fall to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Cyclone has no development either. So mm-hmm. you have another female character that's just completely useless. Mm-hmm. It, it got very frustrating to me at this point. The Justice League meets up with Sarah after the rock gets away. I wrote down a quote here. Is it Hawkeye? I mean, not Hawkman. Hawkman? Sorry. That's what we're saying, Hawkman. Hawkman, because Hawkeye actually is a character name. Yes. Okay. Um, Hawkman says, we are the Justice Society. Our mission is to protect global security. We are here to restore peace, and we will use force (laughs) if necessary. (laughs) I was like, it was almost like it was written by AI. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan tells Sarah, Black Adam is not who you think he is. We have access to texts and ancient inscriptions, etc., that say that he's actually the bad guy. And Sarah disagrees. She goes to talk to The Rock. And again, they make it like her and The Rock have this special relationship, but they never sat down and shared a meal. They never had a conversation. This is ridiculous that 
Yep. He cares about her opinion or wants to talk to her. They did not sparkle at all. I did not feel any sexual tension, which would have been a lot of fun. Yep. Again, I bet your brain was going, that's because she's related. No, it's just because it's yeah. bad. <laughs> well, and I just kept thinking there's going to be some connection, right? There's a reason why they're not putting them together. Mm-hmm. Right. And we learn that after he turned in Shaz- to Shazam the first time, he went to the king and he killed all of his enslavers. And so it wasn't his tomb that she opened, but his prison. And I just kind of feel like what we see that he did and what we even learned that he did wasn't that bad. What, was he supposed to take the king to a white-collar criminal prison and get him reformed or something? Yeah. This king was enslaving people, and sometimes you got to, especially a king, you got to kill the evil usurper of freedom and they were yep. self-governing people until this asshole and his army came around and now the rock has killed them what is good how is what what did he do that was so bad no and that's yeah so that's the second big hole to me the first big hole is why does she want to get this crown out of this mountain yep and the second big hole to me is i don't think what he's done is bad. First of all, he's been underground for 5,000 years. <laughs> Let's just remind you all of that. How would yeah. you wake up? <laughs> but I don't think what he did to that king no. and to that king's army was bad. What, 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 what was he supposed... This is where I'm like, so what was he supposed to do? Go in there and try to talk reason? Was he supposed to go in there and go, hey, can you like pretty please like not enslave us and stuff? I'm like, it's really shitty for us. I like, like like, our women don't really want to get raped by your soldiers anymore. It's kind of a bummer. It's like a super bummer. (laughs) I was just thinking we could talk about this. Like calmly and collectively like two grown adults. Yeah. Like, I know that might be like, I don't know, kind of rare for you guys these days, but I was just thinking, you know, like, let's just like talk it out. Like, like bro to no, bro. Yeah. <laughs> bro to bro. And like, you know, maybe we, like we could come up with some like laws and stuff. <laughs> maybe we could have like our own like a house of commons where like you, you could still be the king. We'll all call you the king. But, but then, like, like there's got to be some basic rights. Yeah. Like, you know, checks and balances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Just, okay. I just was, I've been sleeping on this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> no, he went in there and killed them. They're all, you know, okay. he, anyway. anyway, we digress. We digress. So anyway, um, the Justice League and Dwayne, they exchange words. Sarah gets a phone call and it's Bodie, her son, and the Australians are after him and they want the crown. The Rock and the Justice League team up to save Bodhi and the crown. A crazy how, again, we've mentioned it, but how little actual fighting there is. Just floating, and The Rock does a lot of pulling. There's a just lot a of lot pulling. of, there's a lot of limbs being taken off. No real blood. Just limbs flying. <laughs> we can't have, to, you know, we, we can't It's PG-13, so we can't have that much blood, but yet we can rip limbs off yeah. just fine and chuck people aimlessly into the atmosphere. It's just, it's wild. I, I will say this, though. Hear me out. There was a fun moment when The Rock is able to take one of these special flying motorcycles down, and he takes the bad guy. I'm sure if that guy got to talk, we would hear an Australian accent. He takes him off, and he Throws it. Again, the yeah, throw. just throws it. And Pierce Brosnan's character is able to appear to the rock even though he's not next to him. He's able to uh, astral project yeah. himself. I think that's the correct phrase. And Pierce Brosnan says, bring me 
the prisoner. I will break his mind. We'll get information from him. And then all the way in the distance, you hear, ah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Pierce just, you killed him, did you? <laughs> That's actually really good, yeah. And what I love about that, because again, I want to like, I wanted to like this. Yes. And I want to always point out things that work. But what I love about that is the very real thing of, in that moment, you want to kill. But you might be able to get real information. Right. Or do prisoner swaps or whatever. We not we may not have to just murder people, obviously. It was just a fun little moment. So they go to this facility. It's super confusing, but basically Sarah gives over the crown to Marwan so that her son will live. Marwan taunts the rock and says, you wept when Harut died. The rock kills Marwan and Marwan dies holding the crown in his hands, which is important. Mm -hmm. The rock goes back to his temple and a hawk man follows him and is like, yo, who's Harut? Dead. And finally, we learn this twist. And the twist is that that young boy that we saw in the opening and every so often throughout the film is not Baby Rock. He's the Rock's son, Harut. And Harut was the champion and was given the powers of Shazam. And then because the king was so evil, the king did kill Harut's mother, the Rock's wife, and was able to kill, or, but not right away. So he was laid dying. So the Rock lays dying, and Harut, as the champion, comes in, and he says Shazam makes himself the little boy that he is again. And in order to save his father's life, he gives his father, the Rock, the powers of Shazam. Right after he gives the Rock the powers of Shazam, the true champion is then shot with an arrow because he's now just a defenseless young 13-year-old boy. Yep. This twist isn't that twisty. And I think that this twist is the reason why we were never able to get to know The Rock's character. Because then we would know he was this father. It also explains why he was so emotionless because he, you can, it's only revealed when this twist happens how much guilt he has. I don't understand why but I'm we like, had to have it. Why couldn't he have just been the champion and he shows up and he sees his mother and father have been killed and he blames himself and and that's when he maybe goes, maybe he kills a bunch of Maybe he feels he's, he's to blame and he's like, nope, I'm done with this. And, uh, yeah, you know? and, or he instead of doing it, he, he pulls back and doesn't yep. help fight his exactly. Like I bet you your idea, though, of him just going, okay, I'm going to go and I'm not going to fight. I'm not the champion. And I'm just going to... Like, look, I couldn't even protect my own family. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to go sit in this mountain. I'm going to go sit in it. And I don't wanna, I'm not going to help you. And I'm, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, taking my could, ball, if I and I'm going save, home. First of all, if I couldn't save my family, I'm not saving any of yours. Yeah. You know? So, But instead, they have to hide him from us because they want us to be so surprised that this little boy isn't the future rock. Yep. That was their big fucking twist. And so that whole thing that I wanted you guys to remember was that they had... And that might... Oh, that could be why... That beginning segment looked so CGI and the people looked so CGI is because that guy that comes up and says, my son, and and has now we know his name. Now he he asks Harut to come back with him and he says, you got to just take it. Mm -hmm. That the reason that guy looks so CGI is because that's the rock, but without his rock muscles. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Stupid choice all around. I don't understand it. First of all, for those flashback scenes, what I what I thought they could have done was use a body double 
who's like smaller build, not as muscular. Yeah. And then for the reveal, CGI the rock's face onto yeah, the body. Very simple. Very simple. Very simple. But, Probably would have cost less. But also, you know what they could have done? It, that's the whole point of Shazam. Yep. A little boy turns into a big hero. Exactly. And some normal guy that kind of looks like the rock, but they tell him, don't go to the gym. <laughs> In fact, do some yoga because we want you to be real thin and streamlined. Yep, because you've been starved. You have, and you are going to be the version of The Rock before he says Shazam. So you don't even need to do all this stuff. No, you don't. And we would have gotten to know The Rock and we wouldn't have had to waste all this time with these four people that are tasked with taking down a god. And we wouldn't have had to deal with these two horny teenagers that for some reason are being put in the field for the first time against oh, yeah, a legitimate god. Whatever. The fact that they thought that they had crushed him. Yeah. I was like, you you really think your lame ass powers <laughs> <laughs> could take down yeah. Black Adam? I just mind boggling. Exactly. So the rock that says Shazam, he's now a smaller version of himself and he's taken to Amanda Waller's prison. But something's off with Marwan's body. He was holding the crown when he died, and when, because he was holding the crown of Sabak, he went to the underworld, and in the underworld, a voice says, like, say our name and you'll be our champion. He says Sabak, and then he comes back out looking exactly like a video game character. He's like this yep. kind of devil-looking video game character. The Justice League have to fight him without Black Adam, and Sabak pulls their indestructible ship apart. Pierce Brosnan goes on a suicide mission, and as he's fighting Sabak, he uses his magic to astral project himself and says to the rock that he gives him a pep speech he goes we were wrong sometimes the world doesn't always need a white knight but something darker and i just go okay (laughs) it was whatever and pierce brosnan is killed the rock comes back he says shazam in the nick of time and the rock and hawk Man, work together, and The Rock kills Sabak. And um, we're done with this film. But because I knew, because I knew that you weren't that into superhero films, I texted you and I said, don't forget, with these type of movies, you have to watch the post-credits scene. And in this scene, we get, gloriously, we get Viola Davis again, and she's so fun. And she's like, you you don't want to be in my prison? You don't like being in my prison? Fine. But you can't leave Condock. And he says, I can go wherever I want. She's like, I... (laughs) (laughs) Cute. That's that's cute. I have... You're not the first god. You're not the first, you know. Yeah, that we've captured. Basically, whatever. And then, all of a sudden, we get Henry Cavill. He's in Superman form, and he comes down, and he says, we need to talk. Right? Or something? Mm -hmm. I just chuckled to myself, and I turned it off, and was like, yeah, well, Viola Davis is the only... Beacon of hope for this film. <laughs> and she had maybe two minutes of screen time. I bet she was like, can we make that down to one minute 30? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want as little screen time as possible. I'm not going to even be on set. <laughs> God. You know, all they had to do for her is just put a, a camera in front of her face and just say, work your magic, girl. Yeah. And that she was did. it. And she did. She earned her paycheck. Just- it's that inner confidence that she has, that inner, <sighs> she controls a scene and she's not even in the same country. No, no, no. She she nails it every time because she has a presence. Yeah. That you unfortunately can't that. you can't teach that and not everyone has it. So, yeah. you know. So long live Viola. <laughs> <laughs> I will be watching her show if it comes out because I just love watching and her. I don't want people to think, oh, Juliet, you know, I think she's too good for these. Cause I, I did watch WandaVision. 
Oh, yeah, you now, did. Now, mind you, mind you, I, okay, so the little thing about Juliet. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Are we starting a new segment? Do we get to, get to, do we get to know you? Are you going to reveal yourself to us? Oh, yeah. finally, getting to know Juliet. My shining armor. Um, so when I first moved out to LA, there's a lot of billboards here, which I didn't realize how immersed in the city they are, but they we really- talk about them as well. We've talked about them in previous podcasts about yes. the billboards and the posters for these movies. Because They yeah, say something. Every, yeah, they, they say something about the movie and they're and, everywhere. And certain images are up for a long time, so they just melt into the city. My roommate and I, we were doing our usual Sunday coffee jazz drives through LA and we we're coming down Sunset back into West Hollywood and you kind of go over a little hill- and there was a huge billboard there, and it had WandaVision. And it was the image where it's like cut in half a bit. So you see half of it looks like it's 50s, Dick Van Dyke-esque, and the other half is modern. I don't remember Marvel being on that poster. I just remember seeing WandaVision. So in my head, I was like, wow, that looks like my kind yeah. of show. And so my roommate was like, yeah, let's. we should start to watch it. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we start to watch this. Now, mind you, we are credit skippers, so... We didn't even, for the first three episodes, I had no idea it was a Marvel show. None whatsoever. We just watched it, and I was like, wow, I really am digging this show. Yeah, it was so good. It's good. And then third episode in, she mentions a character, Itro, and I only know that because people talking about Avengers. So I was like, Pietro, like, why, why do I feel like I know that? Mm-hmm. And then it was revealed that she's Wanda and like they're superheroes, and yeah. I was like... Is this fucking Marvel? So there's certain things, and I really enjoyed that show. I think I saw like the first Thor. I saw maybe the first Avenger, but like. I don't think that it's that you think you're too good for us. It's just something you're on into. Oh, the fun thing about WandaVision was that it felt like, I don't know, it was bringing me into this universe in a way that I could understand. What did you think Vision was then or was i can't remember was he looking normal in the first two episodes yeah he looked normal the first three episodes oh, right because okay, but then, and then the third episode is when they have their twins and he turns into vision yeah and i was like who the fuck is vision i didn't know who vision was i didn't know anything everyone was like juliet you're crazy they have this whole relationship yeah, that's in the avengers movie, over movies over the course yeah. of films and people are very emotionally invested in this yes. and want to see these characters continue on and I mean, I, of course, later found out that Vision dies. Yeah. But anyway. The fun part about that is, though, with WandaVision, it got you because of its style. And yes. also, because style is important, first of all. But also, you, the vibe. Female characters. A for strong the win. female character. And there was a lot of character development. You can enjoy that show without having to see all of these other movies. Right. I don't see how anybody could possibly. I, sometimes I feel like sequels are too much like that. Like, so what if someone did see the first one? Totally. This is my sequel. I saw the first one. I'm the reason the sequel's being made. Don't make me sit through all of this explanation. You know what I mean? This is the first one. This is the first one. This isn't the third Black Adam where we're like, nothing's explained and we haven't seen the first two. It's the first movie. And I just, I'm like, this is, this film is why superhero films get a bad rep. Yeah. I hate to say it. Because this is always such a big part of our show, but I, I, I'm going to just guess that you and I are on the same page, that this is a zero star situation. Yes, 100%. There's no point in... I, I don't think anyone zero. should pay money to see this. Yeah. 
I don't know why The Rock, because I think The Rock is an intelligent man that's been in a lot of great movies. And I don't know why, because he was like, this is the film I've been trying to make for so long. And I've yeah, always wanted like to do Yeah, it was like 15 years in the making. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what? I, I just wonder if the script, f- first of all, we know that scripts can go through development for a long time. And sometimes... Yeah. They, they change over the course of that time and development. Yeah. And you can be so far along in a project that you can't back out. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, we got to make this motherfucker because... Yeah. So zero stars. Zero stars. Uh, we have... I mean, that's just... That's how it is in the powder room at the penthouse. I think the hotel. there was a review that called this rubbish entertainment. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. Oh dear! I wanted to like this. I will say, okay. I I wanted to go into the. I went into this with a very open mind, but the first ninety uh, seconds really just yeah set the tone. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for joining us here in the powder room. Uh, this is Yvette, and this is Juliet, and we're we're signing off. All right, everyone. Next time, bye. bye.